0: We're going to continue our series on one another Christianity this morning. Uh, we are talking about our fellowship and our unity and the things that we should be treating, ways that we should be treating one another. There are three main ways the Bible talks about our relationships with one another. One is how we think and feel. That's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, then how we treat one another. We're going to talk about that uh, next week. Maybe next week. Next week's VBS. Have you realized that, guys? It's come up Fast. So I don't know if I'm going to do a sermon that ties in with VBS or not. Maybe I will. If not, we're going to do how we treat one another. And then our accountability of and toward one another. This is a special thing that I want to talk about in a couple weeks. Specifically, are we? is my life your business? Is your life my business? How do we hold one another accountable in a righteous way? We're going to talk about that in a couple weeks. Uh, We looked at last week most of the passages about how we shouldn't treat one another. So... You could just go listen to that, I guess, about how we shouldn't treat one another. But there's a lot of positive passages, passages that talk about things in the positive instead of in the negative. So the next three lessons, we're going to focus on these passages, right? What should we do instead of just, I don't, I don't want to be just the kind of don't do this all the time sort of preacher. What should we do? What are the positive things that we should be doing in our relationships with one another? So we're going to start this week with how we should think and feel. And I've combined these two things, the heart and the mind, right? Because they're, they're two sides of the same coin. They go together. The way we think about things and the way, and now I say, you know, you do the heart. The heart doesn't feel anything, right? This, this organ right here, we talk about our chest. But it's all happening in, in our soul, right? The, the core of who we are. The way we think affects the way we feel, affects the way we think. And ultimately, of course, those things affect the way we act. The writers of the New Testament use a variety of words to convey a broad spectrum of ideas, right? You think about the different ways that you think about things and the different ways that you feel about things. There's a broad spectrum there, isn't there? And the writers of the New Testament know that. Philippians 2, 3 through 4, this is what was just read for us, but I want to focus on the word choices do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count one another. This word count one another, the way that we are counting, it's interesting. Uh, then he says, let each of you look to, not only to his own interest, but looking to the interests of others. Well, those words have different flavor, don't They? As we think about how we're counting one another, uh, we're going to look at the word consider in a moment. This word has to do with where we place one another, right? Where we rank, almost where we rank one another, really. This is a number thing, a ranking. Where we rank one another, rank one another higher. And then the idea of looking to, that I'm intentionally looking for something, that I'm seeking something. And when I'm seeking something, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about where it might be. What am I thinking about here? Where might your interests be, right? What am I looking for? Am I looking for your interests? Hebrews ten twenty four. This word consider. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. The idea of considering has to do with thoughtfulness, right? That I'm I'm not just sort of cursory thinking about it. It enters my brain and then it leaves immediately. But I, I'm pondering and I'm dwelling on it and I'm I'm evaluating it and I'm trying to figure out the best way to do it, right? There's a lot of thought that goes into the word consider. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. From now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. The idea of regarding one. That's an, it's a, I don't know, when was the last time you used the word regard outside of the a scriptural context? I don't know. That's not a word we use very much. But again, what does it have to do? It's thinking about the way we think about people, right? I'm not, I'm not regarding you as a physical fleshly person, I'm regarding you as a spiritual person, which we'll talk about that uh, when we get to this passage later on. And then, of course, the feeling also is part of this, isn't it? Romans 12, 9, and 10, let love be genuine as opposed to fake. A lot of times we fake our love for one another, right? We just pretend to love one another. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection. Two different ideas there. We could talk about, and we're going to talk about this in, in our second point, the difference between the generic sort of love and the more specific sort of affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. So there's a lot of different ideas to consider. There's the word consider to think about when, we, when we're talking about how we think and feel about one another. And of course, this leads to the same thing, right? Why these are, are put in the same category. This is going to determine how you treat one another. And if you don't think about one another, that's also going to affect how you treat one another, isn't it? I could think about you in a negative way. I could think about you in a positive way. Or I could just not think about you at all. If I don't think about you at all, that's going to affect the way I treat you because mostly I'm not going to treat you anyway. I'm not going to interact with you or deal with you or or do anything with you at all. I'm not going to help you, that's for sure. Maybe I won't hurt you, as I would if I was thinking about you negatively. But if I feel affection towards you as opposed to animosity that's going to affect how I treat you. If I think intentionally about the best way to treat you, instead of just sort of winging it in the moment, if I've thought about it ahead of time and I've considered how to do it, well, again, I'm probably going to be more effective at treating you well. So, number one, the first thing we notice, we need to think about one another with humility Humility on our part, right? And this is about, again, that counting, the ranking system. Because we all sort of, I think we do this uh, subconsciously, we do this all the time, right? We sort of rank one another. We sort of have this ranking of, well, I like this person more and I like this person more or I don't like that person as much. And we sort of mentally rank everybody in our minds. Well, there is an idea of ranking in Scripture and it has to do with putting yourself at the bottom, right? Right? Philippians 2, 1 through 4, this is the reading that Carl read. If there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, and note the if there. Have you been encouraged in Christ? I hope so. Do you find comfort from Christ's love? I think you do. Or participation in the Spirit? You have some of these things, so what? There's something we need to do with that. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord in one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. We looked last week about the importance of not comparing, uh, not comparing ourselves to one another. In this sense, we do need to have some sort of comparison, in that I am putting you first. I'm thinking about your interests and your needs and I'm not being selfish and I'm not being ambitious and I, I am being humble. That is, I am putting you ahead of myself. Now, don't, I don't want to confuse this. We're not saying that anyone is more valuable than anyone else. I don't think script that's a scriptural idea. In scripture, it's very clear we're all of equal standing. We're all of equal value in God's eyes. So when we talk about this humility, it is a choice to intentionally submit yourselves to other people. Now the example of, he goes on in Philippians, we're not going to talk about it. He goes on in Philippians to talk about the attitude of Christ who intentionally put himself below the Father. Not that he was of a different nature. Of course, John talks about the nature of God and Jesus. But he, he chose to do that. Like we should choose to do that with one another. Not that I have low self-esteem, not that I'm self-deprecating, not that I have a, a, a bad view of myself, but in the way that I think about you, I am putting you first intentionally. 1 Peter 3.8. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Note we're going to see, we're seeing a lot of the same themes between these two verses, right? Sympathy, affection, unity, and of course, hum- humility. We need to be humble. If you are arrogant and think that you're the best thing ever, you are not going to treat your fellow Christians the right way. You're just not. There's no way to do it. Now, maybe you could fake it. I guess you could try to fake it a bit. And maybe we do that sometimes. I really think I'm better than you, but I'm going to try to fake as if I don't. And maybe you could do that for a time, but it's going to come out. It's going to be apparent. You know people in your life. I bet you work with people. You've worked with people who just think they're the best at everything and you're the worst, and they just think they're so much better than you. And do you, do you have unity with those people? Do you have affection or, or brotherly love for those people? My guess is no, you don't. We need to think about others ahead of ourselves. Number two, we, do we love one another in the way the world uses love? Now, I'm, I'm, let's be clear about a thing here. A lot of times in the past, I've been here, how long have I been here? Five years? You guys have heard most of my stuff by now. So when I talk about love, of course, we talk about the, uh, the general sort of love that Scripture talks about, the agape love that sort of action rather than a feeling. Now, of course, we know the world uses the word love in, in a more feeling sense, I think, but Scripture is not silent about the feeling kind of love, the kind of love that affects the way we feel about one another, the affection and the closeness and the, 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 uh, the positive sort of feeling that comes along with that sort of love. Scripture's not silent about that either, even though, of course, we know the other kind of love, the godly sort of self-sacrificing kind of love is the best kind of love, we still need to have the other two. And this is what I mean, the way the world uses love in that sort of affectionate, uh, tender sort of way. How many scriptures do we say about having brotherly love, a tender heart, right? We're going to read a couple more scriptures. Romans 12, 9 through 10, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Two different words there yes we need to treat one another in a self-sacrificing way we need to put one another first we need to love the way that christ loved the world in a way that he gave of himself but we need to do that with the brotherly affection as well if i do not have that sort of love to you toward you it's gonna affect the way i treat you it really is are, do you have affection or positive feelings towards the people here? That's a question that you just need to ask. Do you feel good about the people here? Not, not just the, the choices that we make, but the feeling in your heart, right? When we think about this verse, the previous verse here, unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart. A lot of that has to do with the way we feel, and not just the choices we make. Now, here's the problem with this idea of love. Guess what, guys? I do not like you all the time. I know you don't like me all the time. Several of you have told me that. And that's okay. I can be, a, I can be hard to get along with. I understand that. So yes, there's going to be times because the emotions are fickle. Our emotions fluctuate wildly. We know that. We understand that. There's gonna be times where we don't feel this affection towards one another, and that's where the other kind of love comes in, right? The agape love. Even if I don't feel that affection towards you, I can still treat you the right way. But on the other hand, if I never feel that brotherly affection towards you, that's a problem, right? That is a problem. Maybe there's times I don't because you did some stupid thing or I did some stupid thing, but on the whole on the balance, do we have that feeling towards one another? And if not, the question would be why and what can we do to fix it, right? That we all need to evaluate that in our hearts and, and understanding that even when I don't feel that way, I can still choose to do the right thing. I can still choose to treat you the way that I should treat you. For Second Peter 1, 5 through 9, so here's a weird thing. Is this on too? No. It feels like when I come over here, I'm louder. For this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. Virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Here again, we see this distinction between the two ideas. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing... They keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Now, this list of qualities here, two different ideas, the brotherly affection and the love are two different things. And maybe I don't have that towards you now, but what does he say? If these are yours and increasing that I add these things, I didn't have them previously, I work to add these things, and I work to keep these things from being increasing, I work to keep these things increasing, rather. And if I do not, then what? I will be ineffective, I will be unfruitful, I will be blind, I will be not doing what God wants me to do. So this love versus brotherly affection, yeah, you obviously need to treat one another right, But we also need to deeply consider how we feel towards one another. But, of course, the primary thing we need to consider is the spiritual things, right? Our spiritual needs and thoughts. And this is that passage in 2 Corinthians 5 I said we'd come back to. From now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This regarding, according to the flesh. Uh, we talked about this, wow, that was probably a month or more ago, maybe a month, in, in our Sunday morning class. These fleshly characteristics. So if we're going to identify me according to the flesh, I am a 31-year-old white male. Unaffiliated politically, uh, and I have X, Y, or Z hobbies, and I'm in X, Y, or Z uh, income bracket. I come from a different place, right? I was born in a different place. So, all these different ways that we identify each other according to the flesh, those are the fleshly things, the earthly things. We're not supposed to regard one another that way anymore. I don't care if you come from a different place than I do. I don't care if you come from a different culture than I do. I don't care if you come from a different political affiliation than I do. Now what? We have the ministry of reconciliation, that word, things that were once separate now being restored to a good relationship. And I regard you you how? As a fellow brother or sister in Christ. That's the number one identifier. That's the way I need to be thinking about you. And and all of these other things, they still happen, I'm sure. I mean, we still have these other parts of our identities. But the primary thing is the new creation. That you and I both belong to Christ. That should be the number one thing I think about when I think about you. How can I help you be reconciled to God? How can I help you be reconciled to each other? How can I help you grow in your spiritual life? Not thinking about, oh, you know what? He doesn't like the same things that I like. He doesn't like the same kind of food that I like. Or he does different things in his home than I do in my home. Or he has a different way of thinking about politics than I do. Or any number of things, right? Are you a Christian? Are you striving to live according to God's will? And how can I help you in that? That's the number one consideration. Hebrews 10, and I said we'd read this almost every week, which we are going to. Uh, Hebrews 10: "Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how to stir up one another to do the same things that we like to do." Is that what it says? Consider how to stir up one another to vote the same way that we vote politically. It's not what it says. Consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, which would be defined by who, not you, not me? Those would be defined by God. The good works that God has outlined for us. The love that God has shown to us. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. That last section, that last phrase. All the more as you see the day drawing near. Why is that so important? If spirituality is my number one concern, my primary motivator is not work tomorrow. It's not the thing I'm going to do this weekend. It's that I know Jesus is coming back right? He's coming back. So I need to make sure that I'm doing whatever I can to help you be ready for that day. Because it could be today for all I know, or tomorrow, or 80 years from now. I don't have any idea. That's why it matters more than the rest of these things. Humility, affection, spirituality, the common thread in these, our relationships with each other should be positive that starts in the heart and the mind, the way that we think and feel about one another. If we do not think about and feel about each other positively, then yeah, our interactions are not going to be positive. That just makes sense, right? We, this is how it starts, in the way that we think and feel. Now, we could fall into the trap of the world and negative thinking. I don't know. Some of you, I'm sure, watch the news a lot. I mostly don't watch the news and and you can even if you don't watch the news you can be on social media What do you see overwhelmingly? Negative stuff, right? It's all terrible. Everyone's horrible. Uh, I, I cannot count the number of articles I've seen that are like Eight ways the Millennials are ruining X or eight ways the boomers have destroyed whatever, right? What's so negative all the time? Because that's what gets clicks, so we understand that. That's what gets eyes and engagement, so that's what people talk about. But this verse, Philippians 4, 8 through 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, if there's any excellence or anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Here's the question I have. Why wouldn't this apply to true, honorable, etc. things we see in one another? I could just choose to focus on all the negative stuff about you because you have some negative stuff. You, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. You could choose to just focus on the things you don't like about me. Or I could use this verse... And Think about the things in you that are true and honorable and excellent and praiseworthy and pure because you do have those qualities I know you do None of us are all terrible all the time When I think about you I should be dwelling now It's not to say I'm never gonna think about the bad stuff Which is why we're gonna talk about in the third lesson the holding each other accountable because we do But if I dwell on the negative stuff about you all the time and I only think about how you do things wrong and I only think about how you do things I don't like, if that's the the overwhelming thing in my mind about you, when I meet you in person, that's going to come out. Nobody is perfect at faking it. It's going to come out in the way that we treat one another. On the other hand, when I think about you individually and as a group, This is what I need to be dwelling on, right? The things in your life that are true and honorable and pure and just and lovely and commendable and excellent. That's how we need to be thinking about one another. Not dwelling on the negative, but dwelling on the positive. And we deal with the negative and we move on. That's the whole point of forgiveness, right? We deal with the negative and we have it out and then we move on past it and we change if we need to change. That's what repentance is. But this week, as you think about your fellow Christians, keep a mental note, keep track of, do you think about them more in a positive or a negative way? When you talk to your spouse about your fellow Christians, are you always listing the things that people did bad? Are you always listing the things that people did that you don't like? Or do you talk about with your spouse about the things that people did that was good and things that were were excellent or honorable or praiseworthy? And just keep a mental list. And I think what you'll find is, as we shift more to thinking about these qualities of one another, we will have better relationships with one another. We just will. It'll be better for our relationships. These are the things that we should dwell on, revert to, or remember in how we consider one another. We'll finish with this verse, John 13, 34 through 35. A new commandment I give you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are to also love one another. By this, all people will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is what will make our fellowship a beacon to others, right? The way that we can stand out from the world is to not be sucked in by the negativity of the world. If the world sees that we like one another and we're humble about one another and we look out for one another and we complement one another, and we think about the good things in one another, isn't that the kind of group you want to be in? That's the kind of group I want to be in, personally. I like that kind of group. You know you have friend groups that are positive and uplifting. That's the kind of group that I want this to be. And that's the kind of group that the world will see and want to be a part of. So as we conclude this lesson, not particularly evangelistic, but more of thinking about self-evaluation, right? If you see positive things this week in your fellow Christians, this is your homework assignment, by the way. If you see pure, worthy, excellent, honorable things in your fellow Christians this week, your assignment is to say so. To say that to that person. Hey, I noticed you did X, Y, or Z, and it was really encouraging or really awesome, or it was really pure right just say that to one another that's our assignment for this weekend not just this week but getting into the habit of doing that all the time we do want to offer the invitation of course if your life is not what it needs to be if you have not felt that here then let us know we need to fix that right if if that's not a thing that has been experienced here and if you maybe have not felt the love of god because you have not become a christian and you've not put on Christ in baptism, and you want to be a part of such a fellowship, we want to do that too, because as we read in Hebrews, the day is drawing near. Amen? Any day now could happen. Please make your life right with God.